Let's get right back to looking at our global economy. Jeffrey Kleintop is with us, Chief Global Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab. Jeffrey Kleintop, glad you're here with us. Um, we got much of what we anticipated, 50 basis points. We know the, the running, they're going to run off that balance sheet, right, and in full force beginning in September, but it starts sooner than that in June. But you have this coordinated effort by central banks in um, USA, Australia, England, India, all basically tightening policy. Um, your thoughts? Well, I, I think that there's an interesting shift going on, maybe a little bit behind the scenes. The fact that the Fed might have taken 75 basis points off the table, effectively communicating, got a couple of 50 basis point rate hikes ahead, and then maybe 25 after that. And it's interesting to think what that might look like at when we get to that point, because if this is all about, you know, where's the terminal rate and how high are they going to go and what's the impact on the economy? And the Bank of England may have given us a little bit of a glimpse into what that might look like today. Today, the Bank of England uh, did their fourth rate hike in, in a row to the highest level since 2009, but it revealed a really deep split among the officials there. Three were uh, dissented from, from the 25 basis point rate increase. They wanted to see 50. Six of them were in favor of 25 basis points, and two of them said, we don't need to hike anymore after today. And so it's sort of interesting because we think maybe after the Fed moves two more times by 50 basis points, could we get to later this summer where there's a lot of dissension at the Fed? And what might that mean? I think that would suggest that maybe rates continue to move higher on the 10-year until the inflation or labor market dynamics change in a more sustained basis. And that means we're seeing you know 3% plus yields today, and that's something that could continue. Yeah, I mean, I look forward to the day where the Fed can sort of sit steady and sit back a little bit. Um, it doesn't certainly feel like any time soon, and I'm not even sure that we're comparing apples to apples. Um, that being said, you're talking about certain areas. You have short-duration stocks outperforming long-duration stocks. Could you explain that? And maybe some people can have an interpretation for what it means. Yeah, this is a really interesting phenomenon. It's playing out again today. So in the bond market, when we think about rising interest rates, we talk about favoring shorter duration bonds, uh, shorter maturities to provide some protection against rising rates. And that tends to work well. Likewise, in the stock market, short duration stocks can provide a hedge against rising yields. When the markets pursue a theme driven primarily by rising interest rates, which I think is again what we're seeing today, it tends to favor stocks with more immediate cash flows. We call those shorter duration stocks. And it punishes stocks that are expected to deliver a higher proportion of their cash flows in the more distant future, long duration stocks. So to measure duration, we're looking at price to cash flow. Low price to cash flow stocks we call short duration. And they have been outperforming today, this month, uh, last month, this year. And in fact, since rates began to rise all the way back in August of 2020, you can see the magnitude reflected in this chart. It's really been a powerful theme. It's been around for a year and a half and is showing no signs of going away. And this is one way investors can stay committed to the markets, but favor stocks that are actually have the wind to their back here. Again, favoring lower price to cash flow equities. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that to us because then when we take a look at the international picture um, and looking at some of the short duration versus long duration um, names, but at the same time, which I think is really interesting in the international picture, the outperformance that we've seen, not the fact that we outperformed, but that in fact had a solid April, you said outperforming by about 8%, the widest monthly margin in 20 years. Now with the currency exchange and such a strong dollar, um, 
Was it still an outperformance, and what does it mean now for investors going forward? Nicole, you're right to bring up that currency issue. So the dollar was so strong last month that ate away at what was a just a near record margin of outperformance by international stocks. Uh, 8% if we looked at a local currency basis, uh, it was more like 3 to 4% on a, uh, you know, just measuring it in terms of dollars. But still, take a look at this, a very impressive 20 years of monthly history here. And we've only seen one other month where international stocks outperform U.S. stocks by this wide of a margin. It's just really incredible. And I think to think it through, I think it does have a lot to do with this preference for shorter duration stocks. You know, the UK stock market, I just mentioned the Bank of England hike rates today. The UK stocks were up today, and that's because they're very short duration. There's a lot of energy, consumer staples, and financials that make up that, the FTSE 100 index. And, and so that's really benefiting. And those stocks are up this year, actually. The UK stock market is actually in positive territory for the year. So we're seeing this play out, not just as an interesting theme that might have worked in April, but one that's consistently worked month after month, going all the way back to August of 2020. So again, you can find these types of stocks across sectors. It's not just one sector versus another. Even within tech, you can find short, lower, shorter duration, lower price to cash flow companies vastly outperforming higher price to cash flow. So again, I think this is something that's not only appearing today, but, but maybe a durable theme for the markets here as we look out to the remainder of the summer. Last but not least, Jeffrey, I'd love to hear what you tell investors because everything is since. Um, you know, the 10-year bond yield is at the highest level in since three and a half years. This is the worst month since, you know, 2008 for the NASDAQ, for example. This uh, right now was the worst day of the year. I mean, everything is so monumental. In fact, the dollar, which you just brought up, is at the highest levels in 20 years. Um, and yesterday, you have this rip-your-face-off rally, only to turn around and have a major sell-off. Um, what should investors be thinking? How, what do you say to calm their fears? Well, there's a couple of things. One is that we're seeing the lowest correlations we've seen in about 20 years. And what that means is stocks, stock markets, and sectors are behaving independently of each other. And the benefit of that is diversification. So if you've got a portfolio that's concentrated, let's say in just some tech stocks or just a few energy names, you're getting whips on by this incredible volatility. But if you have diversification across sectors, across countries, I just mentioned the UK's up this year, uh, you can experience a lot less volatility. It's really paying off. Something we haven't seen in a very long time in general, you know, markets have tended to move up and down together, but we're seeing that. So really think about diversification in your portfolio here, that's key. And the second thing is, is these type of whipsaw moves, often investors want to step to the sidelines, get out of the market and say, you know, I'm going to step aside until maybe the dust settles, until the outlook's a little clearer. But it never really is. And I think back to a couple of years ago, as stocks rallied powerfully off of that, you know, March 2020 low in the stock market, rebounding 60% in three months, even during the pandemic, just to show how trying to time getting in and out the overall market is very, very difficult. So I would say, stay invested, but maintain more broad diversification. It's paying off the most that we've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah, I think that's worth, you know, its weight in gold in what you're saying. I mean, to say, you know, you can't time the market, that we've always said, but to, to have your clarity on the sectors and the fact that they're not necessarily all connected now and really seeing the disassociation and being diversified is really the way to manage the volatility that we've been seeing. I, I think that's very, very valuable.
Jeffrey Kleintop, always wonderful to see you. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Nicole. Chief Good to Global Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab.